can you help us understand like there was a, a, a sort of a commitment to student debt cancellation during the campaign. The, the fact that you could do it with uh, just an executive order was sort of what, what drove things forward. But what is now being proposed and like wh- and like what is the what is the argument that they are making for the wisdom of what they would now do under this sort of revised austerian sort of framework? Well, it's a little unclear who they is in uh, that schematization. So my understanding of what Biden has acceded to as of now as the policy of his would-be administration is a $10,000 student debt cancellation. Um, and I think even that is restricted. So it's not $10,000 for everybody, but I, for everyone who has student debt, I don't know exactly what the restrictions are on who gets the $10,000 of student debt cancellation. Um, so my understanding is that that's what Biden has said. And I don't know if he has indicated any uh, acceptance of the argument that it can be done unilaterally. I would say that's a pretty key element of, of, of this is, you know, whether, you know, it's, it's one thing for some law professors to say it can be done unilaterally, um, but it's another thing for the president-elect to say that he's going to do it unilaterally or that he will make appointments of people who will do it unilaterally. Um, I suspect he will want to not be specific about that prior to uh, the nomination and confirmation of an education secretary which is going to be very frustrating because in this arena, what those of us who want student debt to be canceled would care most about is that an education secretary will agree to do it. Uh, and mm-hmm. we won't know that. I mean, I'm, I, I suspect that we will not know that uh, prior to that person's confirmation um, unless the, the unless they decide to take the route that n- they're going to do it and no education secretary who says they're going to do it could get confirmed, so they will use the acting powers of a treasury of a education secretary that were so tested under the Trump administration. Use that uh, to their in, to their benefit, basically just appoint somebody and they'll do it using the full powers of the education secretary, even though they haven't been confirmed to that position. Um, and then the other piece of this, so aside from this ten thousand dollars that may or may not be restricted versus the fifty <laughs> that uh, the that the uh, is contained in uh, the Warren Schumer proposal in the Senate. Um, right now, there's uh, essentially a universal forbearance on student debt payments during the pandemic as part of the CARES Act. And then I think, well, I don't know, I actually don't remember if it was specifically part of the CARES Act, but it was implemented by the current education secretary. And I think coming to an end at the end of the calendar year 2020. Um, and so, Another question that obviously has some relevance on the cancellation of student debt is will that forbearance be continued? Um, because, you know, one hope, at least among me and my friends in the student debt world, is that, you know, the sort of universal forbearance would give rise to a political dynamic where it becomes toxic to reimpose people's student debt payments on them. Um, and so that kind of just keeps getting kicked further and further into the future. You know, as the piece that I published this week shows, it's already the, or was already the case uh, uh, up through 2019 that many people were not making payments on their student debt that such that they would ever be paid off. And this forbearance uh, that's happened in 2020 will only make that more extreme. So, you know, the, the piling up of paper balances that will never be uh, retired under the status quo, I think, creates a political dynamic that's more favorable to debt cancellation because the 
view from the federal government is and should be that this debt is uncollectible. Um, right. And so why would we make people, why would we sort of keep pretending to try to collect it? Um, whereas when we could just cancel it and get people out from under it and improve their lives dramatically. Yeah, I mean, as we've seen with a lot of the other plans from the Biden administration sort of going in, they're they're really not offering a lot. Things come with a lot of carve outs, caveats, the idea that they would sort of do this ten thousand dollar blanket payment, one that doesn't seem to really tie into like the actual amount of money that people take on to get an education, because, you know, ten thousand dollars really doesn't go very far when balances are a lot higher on average. And then he has this other idea of sort of expanding an existing program, though in his documents, he kind of sounds like he's like um, taking ownership for creating it, which he to quote, he says, a new simple program which offers $10,000 of undergraduate or graduate student debt relief for every year of national or community service up to five oh. years. So what? <laughs> Uh, you'll have your you'll have your freshman year of debt eliminated after five years of doing community service on top of whatever job you have. Awesome, great plan, fantastic. <laughs> you know, I, I I think the the sort of history of the proposal of national service as this sort of fallback of any democratic elected officials like stalwart of their campaign promises like deserves a history in its own right um, because you know all of the, all of the Pete Buttigieg's and Joe Biden's have <laughs> some sort of national service requirement that never actually happens I mean I guess you could say AmeriCorps happened under the Clinton administration um, but you know it seems like it's a bid by uh, you know older elected officials to appeal to the vo- votes of older electors and doesn't really have anything to do with the people who would nominally be involved in this also, uh, in this proposal. But also, if you look at the programs that are sort of like this sort of uh, that already exists, where the federal government pays a portion of your um, uh, education in exchange for you working mm-hmm. in a particular um, environment, they've already like their their GAO report upon GAO report about how these like loan services screw up the program and there are thousands of people who should be able to benefit from this that aren't like administratively it's been a like regardless of the optics of it which i also think are like politically it makes no sense why you would not want to just create a benefit that people can take (laughs) advantage of and will probably reap political gains for you and your party if you want to win and instead do this kind of whatever uh trade-off like we, we could even leave the optics of it aside but just administratively in terms of actually getting the benefits out there in society it makes no sense yeah i mean i think this is all born of a uh a mistaken and reactionary viewpoint that no benefit can ever be universal because that uh will inevitably <laughs> fall into sort of welfare queen type politics uh, perpetrated from the right. Um, So you see that in, uh, you know, for example, the uh, welfare state being made conditional on market labor as a means of Mm -hmm. distinguishing between the deserving and undeserving poor. Um, And I think that, you know, this idea that you should have to do national service in order to gain some uh, uh, higher education benefit is essentially another version of that. And as we can see from the earned income tax credit, you know, administratively, it's basically (laughs) a nightmare. Uh, You know, the earned income tax credit requires many, many more people than would otherwise have to pay for to to, uh, have their taxes prepared to do that. Um, You know, so it's a huge sort of 
gumming up of the of the works and imposition on people's lives you know similar i mean this is like a, even a, a more extreme version of that it's like well you've got to you know do labor on the lord's plantation for a certain number <laughs> of years in order to qualify for uh uh you know free higher education or not even free higher education but like slightly reduced price higher education um you know rather than just having free public college and I mean, I think it's especially galling because we did used to have basically free public college in the United States or extremely cheap public college. And uh, the politics turned against that, uh, you know, basically because of the neoliberal takeover of both parties. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, to be honest, when I read, uh, you know, Biden's statement on on what their big plan was for education, it it's like, why didn't you just go like full Israeli government and say, like, if you want your student debt canceled, there's mandatory, you know, two years service in the National Guard, you know, for mm-hmm. every man, woman and child who wants to absolve their debt. It's it's really sort of an awful um, omen, I think, for for how things are going to go. Yes, I agree with that. I mean, I think the reason why they don't go that I put quote unquote extreme route um, <laughs> is because then then they would actually have to do it. You know, it's like they they like this sort right. of like oh well, you get a minor benefit if you do something voluntary. Uh, you know, the the fact that the benefit either you know becomes non-existent through administrative uh, difficulties or something. It's like well, so few people are actually going to do this that. Hello, this is Daniel Beatrice's screen reader program. Support us at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod to hear the full episode and get access to patron-only content. With love, the Death Panel.